Hello everyone. I want to welcome you all back to Hash It Out. It's a new week, new us kind of thing. So this week we're going to be talking about Palestine and the rights and self-determination of Palestinian people. We're going to go through the history of Palestine and the current conditions of Palestine in the present day. Um, there is a bit of content um, note in place since we're going to be talking a bit of heavy stuff. Um, just want to prepare all of you for that. So, yes. So to keep up with the spirit of the semester, I am joined by my fellow SJ Ed scholars as guest co-hosts. This week is Alexandria Murphy. What's good, Alexandria? What's up, y'all? What's up? My name is Alexandria Murphy, just like Raleigh said. Um, I am a social justice scholar for two years now, doing the program Pass the Mic. I'm also serving as the president of the undergraduate student body, which some of y'all know me. So hello to my friends. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. What's up, Riley? <laughs> What's going on? Thank you so much for being yes, here. No problem, no problem. So if anyone remembers from last semester, um, Alexandria did a, a tunnel room for the tunnel of oppression that we do every year. You did the colorism. I right? sure did. I sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that room. That was that awesome. That room was hard, but it was really good and impactful. It was People good. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. It was. Yeah. So shout out to my partner Yo on that one though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we can get right into it. So we basically have a bunch of discussion prompts that we're gonna be talking about. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about the historical context of Palestine. So as everybody knows, Palestine um, is a geographically located area. Um, within the Mediterranean and has been kind of changing over the sense of a millennia. Um, it, we all know from like, like, um, like if most of us are from like, you know, talking like biblical times and then going up into the present day, um, it's been kind of a changing of um, locations and different types of um, political areas. So the changing of the powers really in the modern day really happened after the Ottoman Empire fell in 1922. Um, this was just after World War I had happened and the Ottoman Empire was kind of crumbling and falling. And so in a very secret um, agreement between two powers, the British and the French, who were colonial powers at that time, had started to carve up um, the remaining leftovers of the Ottoman Empire um, because they had won um, World War One. So in the Sykes-Picot Agreement in the 1920s, they had designated certain parts of land to these two powers. The French got Syria and um, Lebanon and, and other parts, and then Iraq had gotten, or I'm sorry, not Iraq, but um, Britain had gotten parts of Iraq had gotten um, what they called the British Mandate of Palestine and that sort of thing. Colonization, y'all, you know, colonization. That's colonization. what I'm hearing when I hear you speak about those things, right? Yeah. Like the taking over people's lands and rights and like the British and their secret meeting people to take over places. That just, it just sounds so well of like what Western history has done to a lot of places in America and South Africa. Like this is something that we can, we see all the time. And so I think it's just surprising, not surprising, but it's like, I'm not surprised about like the colonization, how much it affects um, the division of so many different groups. 
Right, and a lot of political lines and ethnic um, groups often will, will, are often affected by Western mm-hmm. colonization. Um, we can look to like Africa, for example, mm-hmm. with the European colonization in the 1800s, mm-hmm. and then you know the um, the colonization in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and the transportation of mm-hmm. uh, African um, folks from. Um, Africa to the Americas mm-hmm. it's just a really insidious thing mm-hmm. it's almost parasitic like yes. the, the idea of western colonization is very is, is parasitic in nature and so often they like white folks would go and do these things and then um, pin them up against each other we sit up with Rwanda and then they come take all the Americans out right mm-hmm. and they leave them to like hash it out themselves and like and we just take a look back and watch a picture and the same thing that we do with Palestine Israel right we sit back and we watch it and see who's gonna win this argument or we choose sides you know based off like who can we benefit the most from exactly so yeah basically it's just tying back to like the Sykes-Picot agreement basically everything had been carved up without any sort of um, without any sort of uh, agreement from who was actually living there mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important to notice. And then we move into the 1940s. 1940s had marked um, World War II, and a lot of it had to um, do with the migration of certain folks after World War II. And then we get into 1948 which is the beginning of the occupation of Palestine. Um, The British had mandated that the state of Israel to be created. And after the British had left, the state was already created in Israel. And then there was a forced migration of a lot of Palestinian folks um, as refugees to other countries because of the occupation. Do you have anything? No? Okay. So yeah, then we come into like the 1940, yeah, 1948 was marked by the occupation of um, Palestine and kind of the beginning of the conflict itself. Then we move into the 1950s and 60s where we move into the wars and armed struggle and the beginning of the PLO. The PLO was a Palestinian liberation organization mm-hmm. and had um, gave way to... Um, really for Palestinian nationalism. And uh, like you would think that like or like with the civil rights movement happening in America and all the idea of fighting for your rights or fighting for equality and then the, the empowerment and like a lot of movements in America with like people fighting for freedom and like to pave way for other international things like the PLO or things like that. Yeah. Um, and this was during the time of like very revolutionary struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it in Palestine. We see it in America itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it all across the globe with the Cold War and all this other stuff. Really, this types of struggles were put into the Cold War with people t- taking sides and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, um, the Yom Kippur War um, in the 1970s, I believe it was, and other wars following after that. And that just led to more of the division of land and land rights and mm-hmm. and, and uh, human rights, an example. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Then we move into international solidarity. So the Palestinian struggle had uh, led to uh, various amounts of international support. Uh The Irish Republican Army, or the IRA, had led a lot of um, um, helpful 
and solidarity um, when they were doing um, the troubles during the 1960s and 70s. Um, they led to a lot of support with the Palestinians and vice versa. Um, that sort of thing. So the Irish Republican Army had a lot of support from the Palestinians and again, vice versa. Then Malcolm X. Mm. Malcolm, Malcolm X. Malcolm X was a very prominent figure mm-hmm. in, the, in the civil rights movement here in America. Um, he had advocated for black nationalism mm-hmm. and he was, he was an anti-capitalist. He was mm-hmm. all of these things. And a lot of people don't tell you about Malcolm X. But Malcolm, they tell him he was too radical and they only tell you about the damage he did to women or they'll only talk about like how he wanted violence but they won't go in and tell you like all the things that he wanted as well right yeah definitely and the thing about Malcolm X was that he was very pro-Palestine he was very pro-Palestine the the black power movement Mm -hmm. had happened you know the black power had supported the Palestinian rights for um for um yeah Palestinian rights and then black liberation army I forgot to put army but black liberation (laughs) army was also very supportive of Palestinian rights as well. Um, prominent figures like Asada Shakur and other folks who were a part of that. Um, the Black Panthers were very supportive of um, Palestine and that sort of thing. And I wouldn't say they necessarily understood the struggle, but they understand the idea of like liberation and like fighting for what's yours and land rights and like oppression. They understand that. And I think if you can relate to that and understand where your liberation is bound up with them or where like you see yourself in that, I think that's where they saw themselves and was able to fight just as hard for themselves as well as being for Palestine. Exactly. Um yeah, that's that's all, that's really important because they understood that they understood the struggle that the Palestinians had had because they it was almost similar mm-hmm. to what uh, black people here in America were facing mm-hmm. in the civil rights movement and a lot of other struggles that happened afterwards. And I think our education really fails us when they tell us that they're only for black rights. Like we get told, like oh, they're for black people and that's it, right? But mm-hmm. like if you look at people like Martin Luther King, they were for the people, they're the people's movement with labor rights and like understanding poverty and how that just doesn't affect. It's not discriminatory. It's like it is discriminatory, but it affects all people, right? And like right. What, what? How does capitalism play a part of that? And I think if we only look at these leaders as in one of helping one race or one certain people then mm-hmm. we're not telling the truth about them because if we look at the work if we actually examine it we can see that they were working on delivering all people and with helping all people it helps themselves exactly I'm glad you brought that up that's really important to talk about um, so then moving on to the occupation of Gaza and the West Bank and the forced resettlement of Palestine so this has been very it's been a um, recent topic even going into, you know, the 2010s even, um, the occupation of West of Gaza and the West Bank has been a continuous struggle. Um, especially, I saw videos of on Twitter of Palestinian people being um, attacked by Israeli soldiers. I've seen sexual assault, women being sexually violated. Um, I've seen um, water rights being restricted from folks. I've seen um, routes being cut off where they can get to work. And I've also seen things where different walls, different structures are cutting people off from Mm -hmm. seeing their family members. Like, they cross line off, and if what you cross, like, your families can be stuck on the other side. Like, the division is really bad, and the oppression is very evident. Right, exactly. Um, Also, like, I've seen photos of uh, of, on the internet of, like, uh, Palestinian people trying to, like... Um, basically blocking off like mm-hmm. um, Israeli owned like construction sites, mm-hmm. especially in Gaza and the West Bank. And 
this is real, y'all. Like, this is a real thing that's happening. Um, I saw people being, uh, having, like, tear gassed and, like, oh gosh. and mustard gassed and all this other stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, com- it was, it was horrible. I, like, saw so many images. I've heard stories of, of um, people being in Israeli prisons and being mm-hmm. treated so horribly. Children were being arrested and that sort of thing. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's that's really where this, the oppression happens. And then the conflation around anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism mm-hmm. is a very... Right, to be pro-Palestine, people call you anti-Semitic, right? Um, and I think that's interesting, I think. Yeah, because, like, the thing about, like, when people say, like, oh, you're anti-Semitic because you criticize Israel, mm-hmm. that doesn't... I don't feel like that's, like... That's not right. That's not true. Right. And I think I have a hard time understanding it because like if I like because that's deemed as a wrong word. Like if you say those words you can be labeled as that and that's like people retaliate to him that right, but being pro Palestine you can't be pro Palestine without being called this name, you know? Right. Obviously like if like you have to be very specific on like mm-hmm. what your stances are because mm-hmm. it may like may come off as being like mm-hmm. people are gonna say like you're anti Semitic. Mm-hmm. Well that's not true. I'm not saying like you know, I hate so-and-so or something of that degree just because of their identity. No, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. Like, that doesn't, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I'm criticizing the ways that in which Palestinian people have been oppressed and have been, yes, have been, you know. But how do you say that without them automatically labeling you that? Because even if you do right. explain yourself, it's like, well, I don't hear that. Like, this is what it sounds to me, you know? Like, how do you separate yeah. yourself from that? How do you work? Yeah, you know? I think it's important. Like, it's often a good conversation to have. But like, like how do you? Right? How do you separate yourself? And I think like the idea behind like Zionism and anti like anti Zionism is that a lot of Jewish people are also anti anti Zionists mm-hmm. as well. So there's a lot of Jewish people yeah. out there and other people out there that are anti Zionists. That's that's really where that really that's where like what is the real truth on that? Mm-hmm. It's almost often have a, you have to almost have like. A very open conversation about that sort of thing. So now we're moving into the second segment of our episode for today. Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you all back to Hash It Out. This is the second segment of our Palestine episode. So I want to welcome my guest for today, Mana from um, Students for Justice in Palestine. Hi, Mana. How you doing? Good. How are you, Riley? I'm good. So um, if you just want to give a little bit of an introduction about um, who you are and what you do here on campus. Yeah. Uh, my name is Manal. I'm a student. I'm the Students for Justice in Palestine president, um, and uh, I lead the uh, organization to fight for Palestinian liberation and to allow the students on IEPY's campus to learn more about what's going on in Palestine, as uh, the United States media doesn't really open or shed a light onto the Palestinian occupation or any of the Palestinian issues. Right. Um... What do you study here? I'm a psychology major with a minor in philanthropy. Okay. Yeah. We're both psychology majors. Oh. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really cool. Um, And and Students for Justice in Palestine is a national like organization. organization, Yes, correct. With different chapters around 
different colleges? Yeah, so different universities have an SJP, and um, we even have like a national SJP conference every year mm -hmm. um, at a major university, and um, we have Midwest uh, conferences as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. There's one here in Indianapolis. There's one here at UPUI, and then there's one at Butler. Yeah, at Butler, there is. Yeah. Um, there's also one at a university um, in Richmond, Indiana. I cannot remember what it's called. I think it. You know what? I'm not even gonna try. I don't. I don't remember <laughs> no, what it's fine. called. There's one in uh, Richmond, Indiana, the university up there, um, and uh, throughout Chicago and Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, most of the Midwest universities have an SJP because um, we have a pretty decent, uh, not only Palestinian presence, but people that are very open-minded on the topic and understand mm -hmm. what's going on and don't just rely on Fox News and CNN to hear what's going right. on around the world. They actually go out there and teach themselves. So Of course, yeah. Um, so let's, I think we should start jumping right into it. Um, so as all of you have heard um, earlier in this episode, me and Alexandria kind of just went over very basic um, historical context. Um, as I said, um, Palestine is a very um, has a very uh, has a very long history. It goes even back before um, before ancient times. Oh, definitely. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. So even prior to 1948, people just kind of assume 1948 was the start of it all, when mm -hmm. it was way way before that. So right. Um, like there were like Palestine was very um, situated within various empires. Mm -hmm. um, what I can think of is probably the, the Ottoman Empire, uh, for one. And then, as I talked about before, the Sykes-Picot Agreement was an um, agreement between um, British and French um, officials, and they kind of carved up the remains of the Ottoman Empire and then kind of situated that into their own global empire. Palestine was situated within the British Mandate. Yeah, um, so Palestine was under British Mandate, uh, up until 1948, when um, pri uh, after World War II, mm -hmm. the uh, the Jewish population d said we want a home, and it was promised to them in the Torah that Palestine was their home. So um, they were the uh, Brit the British basically told them, well, here's Palestine. You know, you guys want Palestine? Here it is. So they kind of handed it to them on a silver platter, and. Um, there were people living there. There was uh, the actually the Palestinians, the Muslims, the Jews, the Arabs, the um, Christians in that region lived so lived peacefully amongst each other. And yes, there's issues just like in every country and every um, nation. There's always going to be problems and tensions, but they live pretty peacefully amongst each other. And even now, the Muslim Palestinians and the Christian Palestinians live very peacefully amongst each other and fight for a um, free Palestine. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and then 1948 happened, and that was the mm -hmm. beginning of the occupation. Yeah. I think it, um, something that I think a lot of people don't know is that not one Palestinian was ever in, like, informed in this sort of... Oh, not at all. No one was involved. No Palestinians were involved in this, like... Decision. This decision, yeah, yeah. of just handing, like, land over. Yeah, not even in the government. Um, not to say our government is the best, but... Uh, they weren't, yeah, they did not play a role, and we did not even know it happened. When Palestine was, when, when the first Intifada happened in 1948, mm -hmm. um, it was almost like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., I can't remember the exact time, so mm. people were coming into a town and killing people and bulldozing over towns, uh, over the town and over the village, and people did didn't know what was going on, you know? So mm -hmm. they were just like, okay, like, we need to get out of here. 
like right. this is not good we need to get out of here we need to get our kids out of here and so mm-hmm. um like my family is refugees of since 90 like we've been refugees since 1948 we left um palestine and took refuge in jordan mm-hmm. so um my dad's side of the family i don't have any family from my dad's side of family that are in palestine besides like distant distant cousins and um mm-hmm. uh, whereas my mom her family um moved to like the west bank so they moved to ramallah and mm-hmm. um took refuge there mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah, a lot of Palestinians had fled and were killed during the mm-hmm. 1948 occupation. Um, and then kind of going into like the 50s and 60s, you know, a lot of stuff happened during mm-hmm. the 1950s and 60s. Like, I feel like there was a, I think there was a construction of like fences around the West Bank and in Gaza. Uh, construction of a wall. Of a wall? Partic- yeah. Oh, a so wall. So it's a wall bigger than the, uh, taller than the Berlin Wall, so... Um, and it's still there till this day. Um, it's actually a symbol of artwork now to the Palestinians. Palestinians just kind of created this artwork across the wall. It's it's actually quite beautiful. Um, they took something so dis- like so disturbing and so ugly and so um, so racist, and mm. they made they made something beautiful out of it. And um, and it's still there, and it separates uh, the Israeli the occupied Palestine side to. Um, which is the Israeli side from the uh, West Bank, so the Palestinian side. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, something interesting is I've, I've worked with a lot of Israelis who don't even know what like what that wall is. Like they really, mm-hmm. they just don't. Like, which is very shocking as to mm-hmm. growing up and seeing a wall and you not questioning like, what's that wall there for? And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they don't. I, I've heard that they don't even teach that. In they don't. They in school they don't even teach about. 1948 and what yeah. it happened. They, they just kind of leave it out. They know nothing. Yeah, they know a lot of pal- a lot of uh, sorry Israeli citizens um, that started to work with like the Palestinian movement. They what I've what I've been told is they haven't they they don't even know what Palestinians are. All they know is we hate Arabs and that's about it. So mm-hmm. um, and they're not good people and they're trying to kill us. And so um, yeah, they don't they're not taught about the Palestinians. They don't really know anything about it. So yeah. So they're often taught a very racist character. Very racist character. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's horrible. Yeah, it's it's distra- it's very disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. You even think back to like um, South Africa's like apartheid, and um, it's kind of like that kind of same narrative where mm-hmm. the black people were portrayed as these disgusting, filthy savages, mm-hmm. where the Palestinians in this case are disgusting, filthy savages. It's the difference is the Palestinian problem is still occurring till this day. Right. And nobody wants to talk about it and yeah. not to say that during the the apartheid south africa that people wanted to talk about it people definitely didn't want to talk about it but mm-hmm. it took strong leaders to fight the oppression to fight the apartheid and um mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do here that's why sjp is all about you know what i mean right definitely um you know i've heard i've heard israel being compared to apartheid state and also a settler colonial state yes and they definitely are they are without a doubt they are definitely a very Apartheid, colonial, colonial state. Yeah. Not to like, mention genocide. Right, genocidal. Yeah. Much like the U.S., the United States Definitely. is similar to that. Yes, in many countries throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, when me and Alexandria were talking about, um, we were talking about international support um, and solidarity um, that happened in the in the sixties with the rise of like. Um, anti-establishment here in the states and stuff like that like Malcolm X had voiced support for the Palestinian struggle uh, the Irish Republican Army 
um, also voice their support of the Palestinian struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I see pictures of murals that were p- painted in Belfast yeah. of, you know, IRA members and Palestinians Palestine. holding, like, um, their fists in the air in solidarity with, mm-hmm. with each other. And I think that's, like... I love that. Like, yeah. I love that image. I do, too. Uh, one thing that I, uh, like, till this day, um, you you go to, like, Palestinian uh, convent, like, I go to Palestinian conventions, and, like, um, mm-hmm. I buy, like, a lot of, like, the Palestinian gear, and till this day, you'll find a lot of artwork with the um, the Irish and the Palestinians, oh, yeah. like, holding fists in solidarity, and it's still something that people, people acknowledge, and mm-hmm. Irish still acknowledge, and... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, people standing together for, for a fight that's thing. so important. Yeah. And another thing I mentioned earlier um, was the um, Korean solidarity with mm-hmm. Palestine, um, specifically the DPRK, um, voiced and heavily supports the, deep, the um, Palestinian struggle. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, that's just a very, very beautiful thing to happen. And I feel like... Um, especially in corporate me- in U.S. corporate media, that's often being like, oh, that's evil, that's, you know, scary or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said before, I didn't actually know about the Korean solidarity. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's so amazing. That's so incredible to hear. And um, I'm definitely going to go home and research that more. But um, I think one thing about the United States is uh, they fear they fear people coming together and unite for freedom and for... Um, for for like a better world like they mm-hmm. i feel like the united states government is something that definitely fears for a government to be better than it um mm-hmm. quote unquote um and so i think this affects uh how people fight right so so with the united states government being there um a lot of palestinians are too scared to say their name when they are um fighting to protest we have to change our names when we're protesting we have to change our names when we're in student governments we have to change our names when we're on sjps because of of different websites um such as canary mission that are that put our name on blast and our reputation on blast so Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of how the United States is. They kind of put you on this blacklist where once you get to the airport, you have to get, like, checked a hundred times for what? Oh, because I'm on a Palestinian organization? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I think a lot of people kind of fear that, and, and it's disgusting, and it's sad. And mm-hmm. um, and I don't blame them. I don't blame people for being fearful of that. Because not only, not only are we—most Palestinians, um, most people that are fighting aren't only, like— one thing to notice is that they're also Arabs, and mm-hmm. Arabs are seen as these atrocious terrorists. So when we're mm-hmm. when we're fighting for a cause that's so noble to us, um, we're also seen as oh they're fighting for this cause. The other terrorists, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or they have these biases and stigmas towards us, and so um, it's things that people we we have to watch out for. So um, and then same with Korea, you know, with everything that's going on with like the nuclear stuff. So. Um, People are always like, oh, Korea this and Korea that. And so mm-hmm. um, I think it's something that America fears. America fears strong nations coming together, strong people coming together to fight for freedom and liberation. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I think that's really that's really great. Like, that's an awesome thing, thing that we fight for liberation for all Definitely. people. Um, and I think that what brings us together is that sense of liberation that our people are going to be free. Yes, uh, Korean Koreans and Palestinians alike. Yeah, God willing, man. Yeah. Um, so then we kind of talk, and then we kind of moved into um, with the current situation in the West Bank and in Gaza right now. Um, when we were talking, um, 
when I was at the event last semester with um, Jewish Voice for Peace, they had talked about um, uh, Israeli construction sites and being mm-hmm. forcing um, Palestinians to move out. Yeah, those settlements. settlements. Yeah, and building settlements mm-hmm. in those areas. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I've been lucky enough to travel to Palestine a few times. Um, the last time I was there, um, I actually never got to see these settlements until the last time I was there, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting. Um, right across from uh, my aunt's in-laws' house was a huge Israeli settlement. It was like caged, and they had um, they had homes and shops and everything in this small like area on the top of this mountain. And I remember just being like. I remember t- like asking my aunt like what is that and she was explaining it to me and um, they're throwing like parties and they're so loud and they they are her in-laws were fearful of us even walking in the street because they're like those Israelis will literally run you over as they're speeding 80 miles per hour on our roads they will run you over and do it on purpose so we really didn't get to leave the house much um, when we were there we couldn't uh, walk in the streets or go to the grocery store unless we were with um, we were in a car Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, it's definitely something that the Palestinians fear and, uh, organizations like, um, Airbnb that support it and Amazon that support it and will literally pay Palestinians, uh, give, give Palestinians free shipping as long as they put Israel as their, um, address, um, mm-hmm. and Airbnb that hasn't taken their listings out of these Israeli settlements. Um, mm-hmm. these are organizations that we must boycott and we must, um, get away from because these are people that are supporting genocide and colonialism and um, apartheid and um, Israel as a whole. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a movement um, right now. It's a BDS. Yes. Boycott, Diverse, Diverse and Sanction, I think it is. Boycott, Divest and Sanction. Yeah. yeah. And they often, di- um, they often boycott, boycott um, Israeli products and stuff yeah. like that. Definitely. And, and try to put pressure onto the Israeli government because of, of genocide and yeah. colonialism. Yeah, and um, I think Trump in this in our uh, in this political climate is definitely trying to uh, rid the world of BDS, but um, he's not going to do anything. Um, <laughs> Palestinians are too strong for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, something on our campus that. Um, because uh, I'm assuming a lot of pe- a lot of students listen to this yeah. podcast. Uh, something on our campus that we could do is uh, to stop buying the Sabra hummus in the uh-huh. um, cafeterias and anywhere because that's... In outtakes. In outtakes. Um, don't buy the Sabra hummus. Uh, stay away from Coke products. We are a Coca-Cola um, university, so mm-hmm. um, stop buying Coca-Cola. Don't <laughs> buy the Cokes and the sodas here. Get you a cup of water. It's healthier. It's better for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So don't buy Coca-Cola, don't buy Sabra, um, and just try to get more involved in like the, the SJP here on campus. Um, mm-hmm. We have organizations throughout the entire semester. Follow us on our Instagram at SJP mm-hmm. underscore IUPY, and you'll see like so many different uh, different um, events throughout the semester mm-hmm. and throughout the coming years. Um, and come talk to us. We're, we're so excited and happy and always ready to talk about Palestine. Mm-hmm. So if you come talk to us and like talk to us about what we should do, what we shouldn't do, mm-hmm. we'll definitely give you definitely give you advice on that. So Right. So I think this wraps up our segment for this. Do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, thank you so much for having me and I was this was such a beautiful discussion and it's so nice to see um, people of 
different backgrounds and um, different ethnicities and um, I, uh, different identities standing up for the Palestine cause and um, standing up for Palestine. You know, we, we this is a cause that is so important, so noble, and this isn't only a Palestinian cause. This is this is a humanitarian cause. This of is course. this is something that the world needs to fight for. Uh-huh. So. Okay. So free Palestine and free yeah. Palestine from the I think it's from the land to the sea. Palestine will, will be, be free. free. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So I guess we're getting to the end of our episode. Um, Alexandria. What's up? Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, please keep listening to Riley all year. They have done so many fantastic things with Hash It Out and the people that they invite in. It really has grown the platform and I appreciate you Aww. to keep doing the good work and for all my people out there, keep fighting the good fight. Oh yeah. And Alexandria, when is the next Pass the Mic? The next Pass the Mic, our last one is good question. It's March 12th at 115 to 215 and it is in the Water Center and we're Noodles and Company so please show up and show out. It's about um, IEPUI the idea of like is IEPUI fulfilling the promise or failing the promise and so we're going to talk about what that means as people of color here on campus and where do we show up and what does it mean to show up in those places. Exactly and also vote for the next USG. Yes vote for the next USG your vote matters. Um, I'm leaving my last day in office April 30th and I would like someone to continue what we started and um, continue the good fight. Um, just make sure you look out in social media or on the, or sorry or on the spot for who to vote for. Um, elections are coming up. They're March 10th and March 11th. So please stay tuned and please vote. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. As I, as always, keep up the good fight, y'all.